I'm trying to figure out how to follow that. So uh, right now, I'm inviting our staff team to the front. And uh, we're going to have a little staff wrap. Dr. Dan, if you would lead the way with that. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so good. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Wow. What a great day today and um, what a great way to continue our service. I was going to say to conclude it, but really just to continue our service and um, together unite our hearts in communion and preceding that to unite our hearts around the mission and call of Christ and just what it means to, to say, Lord, we are here to praise you with our lips, with our lives, with our rap. I got one that's right from the front row. With our hearts, with our soul, with our hands, with everything that we have, we want to praise you, Lord Jesus. And so um, I think that much like Vicki in telling her story said, I want to see the varying parts of how God is at work in the Guatemalan mission come together. Um, I hope in the next few minutes you can see the varying parts of what God has been speaking in this service, come together and culminate in shared communion. And so um, let's ask the Holy Spirit to just do that among us. Um, Would you join with me in prayer right now? Um, Jesus, you are so very good and we love you and we praise you for who you are. Um, We were made for that. We were created for the purpose of telling you that you are the glorious one. And so Lord, I praise you as we have a chance to ponder your scripture Um, We were made to be transformed into your image through your word. And so, Holy Spirit, do just that. We were made to have our hearts drawn toward you. And God, I just pray that you would do that. God, we were made to have one generation speak to the next of the good greatness of who you are. We were made for that. And so, Lord, draw our hearts to what our children have spoken to us this morning. And God, ultimately, as we, as we continue to worship, I pray that our hearts and our hands and our mouths and our lives, they will stand abandoned to your glory. And so, Jesus, we worship you this morning and we welcome you here. And we ask you to be so very present and real to us. And it's your name that we pray and we hold fast. Amen. There was a really simple verse that has been pervasive for the last three weeks. It's as Jesus spoke to two brothers and said, come on, we're made for something more. We're made to be followers of Christ, so come follow me. And it was a very simple verse in Matthew 4, verse 19. When Jesus met them, he said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We begin to develop a little bit of idea of this miraculous work that God is doing called the church. Is it really a group of people who are followers of Jesus? And I just broke it down in the last three weeks and saying, first of all, he said, follow me. And so a disciple is by, a disciple is by definition a follower of Jesus Christ. But I love this next component that I think as we read this verse, we fail to realize, God, I'll follow you. I'll give you everything he has. And here's what he says back to you. And I'm going to transform you. 
from the very core of who you are. And I will make you, I will put my heart and my hands around you as if you are a jar of clay and I will weave my DNA into your core. I will make you. And I just think that's such a freeing reality for us because the disciple of Christ is being changed in the image of Jesus. And when we're changed in the image of Jesus, something very supernatural happens. It does not naturally happen. But supernaturally, God does this work. He says, I will make you, and the outworking of that is you will be fishers of men. You're going to be on mission with me. For the sake of my glory, you are going to move forward for the kingdom's sake. When we're disciples of Jesus, we act and serve as he did. We fish for men. We actually come along and say, we're a part of the ministry of reconciliation. We are a people who have been made new in Christ. Come follow us. And so in doing so, as Paul would have said it, in doing so, you will make your way toward Jesus. For to follow me is to follow him. It's such a beautiful thought for us as a church as we come in a place of community and commonality that we are, as a people, reconciled to Christ, reconcilers in his mission and for his ministry. And so I really um, got a kick out of just reading that Jesus is fishers of men. There was a point in life where I really liked to um, fish, and a lot of you Floridians uh, that have been here all of your life would kind of make fun of me on that because I really... Um, I, I met a guy with a saying, and I'm going to butcher the saying completely, but he said, I like to catch fish, but that guy's a fisherman. Like, he really knows what he's doing. And that was kind of my story. Is um, In fact, Dad, I found this at our last move. It was down in a box. I'll turn it for you. This is eight-year-old Mark. <laughs> this little box went with me all over the place. Um, there wasn't the days of, in my day, um, this is a shock to the system of, most of our kids, but there wasn't the day of any game inside. It didn't happen. So we cut trails through the woods. We flipped rocks in the creeks. We looked for crawfish, found snakes, did all kinds of things. We grabbed BMX bikes and, bikes and jumped all over stuff. And then inevitably I would land with a fishing rod at a lake at the end of our road and I would find and wandering not only that lake, but other lakes. And I love to fish. And so I don't really know. I do know this because You've heard my dad speak. When he speaks, it's like God speaking. So he could stand on our porch and two miles away at the fishing pond, I would hear him, son, come home. <laughs> dad, Dr. Dan, Jesus, all one voice. And so, um, and so uh, I just, I, I, I have not opened this since I found it in the box. And so this, this morning I cracked it open and I found, you know, all my little lures. And uh, um, I, I probably need to give this immediately to my wife because... I found a mom a knife that Papa gave to me, um, and so I, this was kind of a little treasure hunt to, um, in this. this. This little lure was two bucks, pretty, pretty amazing for that. Um, this was the instructions to the fishing rod that I got at Christmas um, in 1975. Pretty exciting, and uh, just it's an amazing little treasure, and I, I was kind of proud of this and pulled this out, and I was thinking, and then... I'll be honest with you, as I started thinking about that, I thought somewhere along the lines, I just quit fishing somewhere around 15. And I, just to be honest, I haven't fished ever since, but I have some friends who do. And about a year ago, um, maybe it was more than that, about two years ago, I was popping on social network and I saw a video of some guys that were fishing and, and I was completely ignorant. I knew something substantial had happened in their lives 
because of what you're about to see, but I did not know what in the world it was. And this is um, John Turner, Brad Davis, and who's the third guy? I have no idea his name. Ted. Who's, it's Ted and Brad in the video. And so these guys, they're not like me. They don't stand on the edge of banks and cast in. They're, they're, they're professionals. And they're serious about this. And so if we're going to be fishers of men, I really felt like you should see the response. And I have a little interaction with you or John, one of the two of y'all in just a minute. But you should see the response when you have set up, as I understand it correctly, correct me now if I'm wrong, but there was this holy trifecta of fish that they were pursuing for years, correct? And I learned what was the substance of this video. There was this, and this is the video of the catching of the third of the holy trifecta of fish. And if you're a fisher of men, then your response should exceed this. And so would, would you like to see in a few seconds what happens when you strike the holy trifecta of fish? Anybody want to see it? Okay, here you go. Check this out on the screen. He starts crying right here. <laughs> so tell me this, Brad. That was a permit? Any, any fishermen aware of that fish? Apparently it's rare and hard to catch. Brad is excited. Oh, no, no. This isn't just any permit. Let's be clear about this. This wasn't any rod. We caught the permit on a fly rod. It's a difference maker. That's why you're a fisherman and I'm standing on the bank. I love this. This carries on for for minutes. When I I saw this on social network and I started laughing and I wrote them, I said, clearly something powerful is happening and I don't get it. And that's all Brad wrote back or John. One of the two wrote, you don't get it. (laughs) And we're not telling you. And so I watched this and I thought, you know, this is, and I told Brad, started going, when I wrote him this week, I said, who's got the, the two guys? I said, who's got the video of the fish catching? Because that was awesome. And Brad, going, Brad started self-loathing. I just wish I loved Jesus. I said, no, 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 Brad, here's what I want people to see. Here's what should be happening in church. I mean, I wish it carried on. Jennifer, he's crying. He's sitting down, his heads, his hands, he's going, this is so amazing. And then they like hug and stuff and John comes in and then they start crowd surfing John and they fall down because they can't. And so I mean, it's, it's, I think I just got carried away there, John. I love you, man. And I, 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 I'm reading this. I'm thinking among the body of believers, isn't there a similarity of response? Follow me. And I'm going to make something inside of you that is going to give you a compulsion to fish for men. And when we begin to see people discover their purpose and their passion and their conviction, there won't be a solemnity that runs through this place. There will be moments when a friend of yours comes up to you and says, I've been praying about this. And you call your other friend and you're shooting videos of one another because you are shouting with one another because you have spent resources and time and energy and passion. And you're going to say, it wasn't just 
just any four spiritual laws. It was the gospel project that brought him to jail. I mean, we're going to talk about the resources we've used, the prayer we've made, the extreme. I mean, I'm telling you guys, these three guys went to extreme measures to strike the holy trifecta. If that is the heart of a fisherman, then I believe Jesus was speaking to the heart of a people filled with the reality of fishing for men. And he's just looking at us saying, look, I want you to understand, have unbridled passion when you, with a fly rod, for heaven's sake, catch the permit. And have unbridled passion. Paul, Peter, Andrew, have unbridled passion when you catch men and women for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Shout for joy. Resonate for his glory. Can you imagine that in the heart of a church? Friends who've said yes to Jesus. Yes to his presence. Yes to his leadership. Friends, every one of us among us who have said yes to his mission. I will make you fishers of men. And so what men and women, who are the men and women that you and I are fishing for? And what links are we willing to go to pers- the scripture over and over as I'm reading the book of Acts says, what links are we going to persuade men of the goodness and the reconciliation of Jesus Christ? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I believe the character quality of a church that is experiencing this level of call will be that of jubilation. I believe that there will be jubilant moments in the gathering of believers because we're gathering together with friends who either throughout the week have connected with us and we have led them to the reconciling work of Jesus Christ himself or either have walked into this service with you for the first time and you're looking at one another and going, wow. If you are one of those friends that happen to be sitting with a friend this morning, they have not been haphazard in their relationship with you and they are not stepping into your life to manipulate you. They have found a first love whose name is Jesus Christ and they have been transformed by that and therefore they can't help but speak of Him. And maybe that's the reality of this progression. Follow me, yes Lord, and I will make you, I will transform you, yes Jesus, and then you will be Fishers of men. It's beautiful. And so a character trait of this is jubilation as we fish for men. And it really then becomes this 2 Corinthians 5. Just scripture I would like to read for you from now on. We do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective. Yet now we no longer know him this way. Therefore we are in Christ. We're new creations. The old has passed. The new has come. Everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Let the word of Christ is dwell among us as we ponder that. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting Their trespasses against them. And he has committed the reconciliation message to us. Now there's a moment when we looked at one another at the reading of that. And in our hearts we went, woohoo! With the fly rod of Jesus Christ, we will pursue men and women. 
For the sake of his glory, he's entrusted this to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. And so tonight we're going to come together and just share in an in a intentional season. I've looked forward to it so very much. A man named Nick Ripkin who spent um, multitudes of years and uh, went into 72 different nations, primarily persecuted nations, to begin to ask. And I think the questions that he asked are pertinent for today as we ponder in America how to be fishers of men. He just sat with persecuted believers and began to ponder with them what it was that entailed and moved through them to discover the reality of sharing Christ in the most most painful of situations. I find it fabulous that God in his sovereignty had Vicky pass through here and that we will join with them again for the seventh year in a row on their mission to persuade men and women in Guatemala for the sake of the glory of God. That our student pastor who will be in town tonight, his name is Matt Dobson and Lauren, perhaps in November will be standing in front of a congress of students along with some of our student leaders in another nation persuading them to not only love Christ but to become fishers of men and women throughout the Quiche villages. It's an extraordinary privilege that we're standing in. And this missionary went to multitudes like the Grossman family and saying, teach us how to connect our hearts to the heart of God. And how do we connect others to the heart of God? He shares a particular story and I want to show this and then for us to share in communion, convinced that Christ is at work. He shared a particular story of one of his interviews about the nation of China, which makes it absolutely fantastic that Erica is here because he talked about, I'm lost, there's Erica, and so it makes it fantastic that she's here. You want to connect everything going on today? This is what began in 1948 in China as they moved under the regime of communism. There were approximately 400 to 700,000 identified believers in the nation of China at that time. In 1983, I believe it was either, I believe it was Time Magazine wrote an article and this was the question, and you'll hear Nick um, offer this story tonight. This was the question that was asked. When we take the, the, when we take the lid off of communist China, will there be a single believer left? A few years later, the lid came off and the 400 to 700,000 believers were now at the place of 10 million believers for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. Because what they begin to say is that in our persecution, in our passion, in the very essence of Jesus shaping us, we have been fishers of men. In our secret places throughout our homes, and that number, by the way, since that point has risen to over a hundred million believers in Christ in a persecuted nation. And they began to talk about this, and I think that you will find this compelling. They said that they have discovered this because they discovered that Jesus was enough. That's simple, but really it's not. 
And so house churches thrived. And then just before the clip that I want to show you from the insanity of God, and then for us to share in communion together, they asked this question. This is powerful. This is, this is a two-foot concrete wall of communism question. Has Jesus made it to other countries? He's thriving in our heart and we're fishing for men. Could you, Pastor Nick, tell us if Jesus has made it to other countries? And when he began to talk to them about where Jesus was and what he was doing around the globe, there was jubilation. And then they asked the question, have others been persecuted as we have? And he began to share the answer with them. And in a two to three minute clip, I would like for you to experience the conversation. So I stepped back on the stage. They said, you know, we told you, we asked you if Jesus had made it to other countries, and you said yes. And uh, we asked you if uh, they were persecuted like us, and we want to ask you again uh, about the people in other countries and how they're persecuted. And I chose to tell them about what had happened to Somali believers and how they were wiped out. And as I told them about the depth of the persecution, 150, 170 people sat as if they were carved from stone. No expression, no sound, nothing. And I thought, wow, this was a big hit. And I stumbled off the stage and made it to that small hut of a room in that small cot, and I just fell asleep. Until about 6 o'clock in the morning, I hear all this yelling and screaming and noise, and I go, oh no, there's too many people here. We've been here too long. The security police have found us. They're going to jail, and I'm going to go back to Louisville. They're going to throw me out of the country. And so I I go rushing out of my little room, and and there's no police in there. No outsiders there. There's just all these brothers and sisters uh, sitting and laying on the ground and they're holding their heads and, and they're holding their chest and they're Satan compels us to believe that the scripture is an old book. Yet if the Bible comes 
in present active tense. And I am only practicing it in past tense. Then I, we have a problem. Follow me. And I will make you. I will burden you. I will cause you in a present active manner to see men and women and children in their spiritual plight. And I will compel you to sacrifice and wake up and pray and fast and pursue. And in doing so, you'll fish for men. The disciple is committed to the mission of Jesus Christ. A disciple is living on mission in a very present and active way because we believe with all of our heart that where we are gathering right now as a church is a present and active reality. We gather boasting in the cross of Jesus Christ. For when we boast in the cross, the world dies to us and we die to the world and therefore we are walking this earth as dead to self but fully alive to Jesus. Following him as fishers of men. Jesus said, I want you as the body of believers together here often. He sat with his disciples at a table just before the cross and said, I am enough. He took his body and symbolically in his hands and the bread and the loaf and he broke it and he said, my body will be broken for you. And I want you to feast there. I want you to remember there. And he began to pass this around and he said to his disciples, I want you to come here often. For it is in me that you will fish. It is in me that you will live and move and have your being. Then he held a common cup. I would imagine that like most of us, the full gravity and reality of what he was saying to them had not at all struck them. They're disciples, they're unclear, and yet he said, this symbolizes my blood that will be shed for the remission of sin. It will bring freedom and hope and promise. And I want you to drink deeply of it. And then he said to the church, follow me. And as you take me in, and I make up my life through you, you'll be fishers of men. We're going to share this day in communion. This is an open table in this church. Our practice is for all those who believe in Christ and have asked him to come into their hearts and more importantly, their hands, their heads, their body, their soul, who have asked him to be life. All of you who have invited him to be your everything. He said, let's, let's remember together. Let's recenter together. Let's determine what we will do as men and women around us are not just persecuted, but they are lost. How will we respond? And so in a moment, our deacons are going to stand and they're going to distribute. You are welcome to take a small piece of bread again as a believer.
in Christ a cup. And if you would hold it, we, we want to share this together as one. And our kids are going to lead us in worship. You may want to sing. The scripture invites us to worship. It invites us to examine ourselves. The scripture invites us at a time of communion to simply sit before the Father. And I think for me in this video to ask him, God, I may appear stoic in this room, but my heart is churning for those who don't yet know you. So would you pray with me, Jesus, we thank you that a common loaf and a common cup are anything but. That in this moment of communion we are sharing and celebrating in the unity of the cross, in the glory of the resurrection, in the power and profundity of life in Jesus. And God, as we prepare to partake in this, pray that the Holy Spirit would just breathe among us. Father, I pray that there would be a holy jubilation among us. A holy responsibility among us. A holy and beautiful and blessed act of worship among us. And so Jesus, as we pass these plates, we proclaim your goodness. And we're here to worship and bow down to tell you that you're king. As our deacons pass again, if you would take a piece of bread and cup and just hold it and allow this to be a time of worship. In Jesus' name, amen.